Hi, it's Finn Dwyer from the Irish History Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. While you're staying at home, I would recommend another great show that's worth checking out. It's Unexplained by Richard McLean Smith. It's a beautifully produced and gripping show that looks at unusual and sometimes unnerving occurrences from the past and present. It's perfect escapism. Check out Unexplained on the Acast app or wherever you get podcasts. Hello everybody and welcome to the Mirror Football Podcast brought to you in association with Betbright. We've had 24 hours to think about it, we've had 24 hours to calm down, but it's real, England are in a World Cup semi-final. We're going to carry on building up to that crucial game against Croatia. I'm Aaron Flanagan to do so, and joining me, first of all, is Jack Rathborn. How are you doing, mate? Hello, I'm very well. Good stuff, and Jake Polden's back. How are you doing, Jake? Very well, thank you, Aaron. Good stuff. Um, I mean, like, let's just look back quickly on uh, England-Sweden. Um, obviously, I've not been in this podcast for a couple of days, so I... I to be honest, I don't know exactly what's been mentioned, what others have talked talked about, but I thought England were absolutely fantastic against Sweden. I thought it was probably their, their best performance of the tournament. Yeah, it was, a, it was a routine win, wasn't it? I think it was something to be uh, savoured. It was enjoyable without the drama and the, the nerves of the Columbia game. And I think it's, it's much welcomed. And now the pressure is well and truly off. I think undoubtedly this tournament is a success, regardless of what happens against Croatia. So I think it's it's very positive in the camp, and I think everyone's uh, raring to go on uh, on Wednesday. I think we learned a lot about England as well in that game. Um, you know, maybe years gone by, the euphoria of, of winning a penalty shootout and then going into this game, which which you know, no, you know, no offense to Sweden, but they're not perhaps as good as Colombia. Um, you know, we could have we could have stalled, we could have it could have all gone wrong um, against against Sweden. We could have taken it for for granted, but I think. You know, we learned a lot about this England team that they're not, uh, you know, perhaps they, they've learned from previous mistakes and previous from previous generations and um, they're standing on their toes and uh, taking each game as it comes and reacting, you know, to yeah. the task at hand. Yeah, I think, I think what impressed me about England as well um, was that kind of they started slower. They they, they, they knew that there was obviously going to be pressure on their shoulders. They, they're going in as favourites, whereas I don't mm. think they probably saw themselves as favourites in, you know, against, say, Belgium and Colombia even though they probably were just about, but I think they, they felt the weight of expectation, but they managed that in the game. They started slowly, they controlled the game and, and grew into it. And actually that really impressed me, the kind of the way they just gained more and more control as it went on, as yeah. kind of as, as, as firm and steady as, 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 as Sweden were. Absolutely. I think that's what the best teams do. You know, I think if you look at how Belgium got on against Japan um, earlier in the competition, you know, uh, were stunned, were surprised and had to sort of fight back and were lucky in some ways to get through. And then you see the same Belgium team, a completely different performance against Brazil where suddenly they come up against the big boy and they, they really turn it up and they really put in a performance. So, you know, it was nice to see England not falling for that falling for that trap, you know, just because maybe Sweden weren't quite the team that, that Colombia were. We didn't rest on our laurels and, um, you know, gave, gave it everything, which was great. Yeah. Um, really good as well. Uh, a goal from open play. Mm. Like, yeah. finally... I mean, I say have that our Welsh and Scottish colleagues who have been <laughs> trying to try, trying to tell us that we're uh, we're just a, a set piece, a set piece team. I know it's another cross and mm. header, but I mean, it's, it's a bit of relief in it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, apart from Raheem Sterling, maybe it couldn't have fallen to a, a better player. in Deli Ali was he was searching, wasn't he, for a goal and a bit of form. A lot of people questioning whether he was really fit. I think that had 
a lot to do with his uh, his form. So it's really pleasing to see him get on the on the score sheet and sort of take the burden off Harry Kane. And I think England don't get enough credit for the way they comfortably beat Sweden, just because they don't have the star power of some of the other teams. They managed to negotiate Italy and the Netherlands in qualification. They held their own and probably didn't deserve to win a, um, to lose against Germany. And they topped the group, stunned Mexico, who many people yeah. were really high on. They they absolutely thrashed them. So I think Sweden were sort of disrespected a little bit. And by result, England weren't given the credit for how comfortably they uh, they negotiated their way into the semi-finals. Yeah. Um, semi-finals, now though it's Croatia. Mm-hmm. Um are we happier with Croatia or Russia? Because I think there were a lot of split people. I personally would have thought Russia would have been an easier semi-final, even, even with the crowd, but mm-hmm. I know there was a lot of people 50-50. Um, what about you guys? Uh, Jake, first of all, are you happier with Croatia or would you have uh, or would you have preferred to play Russia? Um, it's a very different... I mean, watching the game, I, even with penalties, I still couldn't decide who I would rather see you know England face it's, it's so difficult as you say you know on paper you've got to say you'd rather you'd rather play Russia you know that they're not as good as Croatia as simple as that um but you know Russia have done so well on the on the basis of you know being the host and and you know really going for it so um yeah maybe I, I would have perhaps preferred Russia having, having said that um but I still don't think that um you know it's it's a bad tie for England I still think that yeah, as good as Croatia are, as Croatia are and have been this tournament, I still think that um, you know England have enough about them to to see this game through, which which is remarkable in itself to be to be discussing that. Yeah, Jack. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, but crucially, Croatia have now had back to back ties, going to extra time and penalties. I think they're going to be pretty uh, drained. That said, they're going to be on a um, on a high, having a sort of escaped death as such with uh, the penalty shootout. Rakitic seeing them through in both both occasions with the decisive penalty, so they're going to be confident that they they've won their their ties without playing as well as they they they've shown they can in the group stages. So they've got more ways to beat England than perhaps Russia, which I guess has to be a, a negative for England. That said, um, we're we're still going to be favourites, I imagine, mm. um, just about going into that tie. Yeah, so the the odds currently for the match with Bet Bright, uh, Croatia five to two, England thirteen to ten. Uh, mm-hmm. That's just for the ninety minute win uh, to qualify for the next round. Croatia six to five, England six to four on mm, so to make a World Cup final. Quite significant mm. favourites then. We're odds on to make a World yeah, Cup it's final. It's crazy, isn't it? It's, uh, I mean, it hasn't really. I say it hasn't really sunk in. It is starting to sink in. And I've seen a few <laughs> kind of nice comparisons on social media. Obviously, I. I'm slightly too young to remember. I say slightly too young to remember 1990. I wasn't even born then, so I was. Done. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, any of us were, were no. I was. Oh, you were. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember it well. Yeah, I think it was six months old. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like it's, uh, 1990, we've seen not not But there's a lot of very comp- like com- there's a lot of comparisons about it. Um, I've seen a few comparisons to 1996. You know, the country getting behind everyone. Mm. We've never had this in our lifetime. Um, I mean, I don't quite remember 1996. I, I, I remember it pretty well. I, yeah, I think, I think you remember it was my, my first sort of moment of pure sorrow with football. I remember <laughs> Southgate's penalty is that's one of my first memories as a mm. as a football fan, and I think pretty much well, I think my mum's reminded me in the last day or two that floods of tears as a result, and what a contrast seeing uh, yeah. Southgate orchestrate the uh, the England fans and. Yeah, absolute smile on his face, and the the contrast certainly for him in experiences. He he confirmed he enjoys 
this rather than playing for England at a tournament. So, yeah, it's really nice to see. No, good. Uh, interesting you mentioned Southgate. Okay? Uh, one of my new favourite pastimes now is to go on Twitter, search someone's Twitter handle and the word Southgate and see what they have previously tweeted about Gareth Southgate. Okay. Right. Now, Mr. Jake Polden, you will be happy to know that you have literally never in your life tweeted the word Southgate. No. I, yeah, yeah, you, you literally, enough, you yeah. literally haven't. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand... Oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> um, actually, to be fair, you're, you're all right, Jack. Um, what you... Um, I was is quite high on him. Maybe. Yeah, no, you, you, yeah. you are one of the only people I've ever done this. I've uh, 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 kind of looked through and and found actually quite positive tweets about Southgate. Mm-hmm. Um, you were delighted. Through the ages. Um, uh, back in August 2012, that ITV had him as, as a pundit. Okay. Uh, you, you said, uh, ITV got Southgate on board. He's excellent. Quite the double act for ITV's punditry. Don't know who you were referring to with the other guy. There's no context. Yeah. However, uh, a few months later, you tweet, Southgate and Dixon, best punditry combo in football. Adrian Child's worst presenter in football. Um, so, I mean, you, you, well, you, you've, yeah. you've, he, he brought it up, didn't he, along with, with you, Dixon, yeah. You've, you've clearly quite liked him. Um, yeah. I, I, I can't say, I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through the rest of your, oh, well, your, your Southgate tweets here. Southgate um, reporter. Yeah, Southgate um, fan. In June 2016, so quite right. recently, um, you said, um, you think it has to be a foreign manager for England. Southgate has impressed, but it's a huge jump, and you're not sure whether he's ready. Yeah, nobody was sure, were they? But yeah. I, I, don't, I, w- I wasn't totally allergic to the idea of him mm. taking over. But I think he, he did impress the new under-21s, um, made some mistakes, but showed yeah. variety in his tactics. I remember quite vividly how he used um, Loftus-Cheek as a, a false nine. He uh, used the, the diamond in that, and now he's using a back three. So mm. he's, he's definitely somebody that's growing into football management. And re- regardless of how the semi-final goes, he's got, he's got great potential moving forward with, with this group. They, they clearly respect him, don't they? Absolutely. And this is the thing. Like we, we see him in the media almost as like this timid character, this sort of, but he's not at all. You know, mm. I think he's proved that, as you say, with um, some of the decisions he's made and the fact you know, he's, he's stuck Walker in a centre-back position. And you know, he's a big personality, Carl Walker. To stick him in centre-back, which Walker has said he's not best pleased having been put in that position. You know, for Trippio, who's never, you know, played in a big tournament like this before, to stick him on the right and take his position. I mean, that's a big, you know, big big move to make. And and, and leave, you know, Joe Hart at home. Mm-hmm. That's a big decision. Know. I think um, certainly uh, Deli Ali is the mm. sort of second deepest midfielder. I don't think everybody would have agreed with that. Um, Maguire has the starting centre-back. Yeah. A lot yeah, of people... Been fantastic tipped Gary Cahill to be the starting centre back yeah. going to this World Cup so he's got a lot right hasn't and he? of course and, and uh, Wilshire La- and Lallana yeah. as well you know this sort of it's like this talk about how England wouldn't have creativity in the middle of the park mm-hmm. you know but um, he's found ways to bypass these problems I think so um, yeah, no, yeah so hats he, off to him no he's been absolutely bang on um, it, it wouldn't be fair to just obviously go through your tweets I know obviously Jake you've not ha- had a tweet uh, which was really disappointing yeah. and I was hoping that you? One. yeah I cleaned it out I knew this was coming <laughs> yeah um <laughs> I mean, at one point, I called for Steve Keane to be in charge of England under-21s as opposed to Gareth Southgate. Okay. Uh, that's not good. Um, this is before Gareth Southgate got the England under-21 job in 2013. I tweeted, To replace Stuart Pearce as under-21 manager with Gareth Southgate is like replacing a plank of wood with a plank of wood. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, it could uh, be a good uh, plank of wood. Oh, here we go. Let's say, a month later, <laughs> I still stand by my word on Southgate. Absolutely no progression. He's still a plank of wood. <laughs> My God. So, um... Hastily uh, deletes. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no he's, do, he's doing this to himself. Yeah. Um, I say, I say, 
Gareth Southgate would be good for continuity, says a caller on the radio. Please no, no more continuity. I'll do anything. I was so wrong. I, I was, I, I was very, You'd very. You do wrong. anything to make sure that this, this was the appointment. If you mm. knew back then, oh, what I'd you know now, wouldn't yeah. you? <laughs> exactly. Um, I say, um, a couple of our colleagues, uh, Mr. James Whalen, if you're listening, uh, you tweeted in 2015. This is after England went out with the group stage of the England under 21 Euros. Um, he tweeted, absolutely hopeless. Get your P45, Mr. Southgate. Oh. And fun, our Scottish colleague, Martin Domin, uh, <laughs> before, um, obviously, Gareth Southgate was in charge for that game mm. uh, against mm-hmm. Scotland. Gareth Southgate in charge of England versus Scotland. Absolutely glorious. Well, uh, he, yeah. he guessed it right out of all of us. Yeah. So fair play to him. Yeah. He was yeah. on the money with Martin was. So. Yeah. yeah. No, um, no, I said my new favourite pastime. I'm sure there's more hidden hidden tweets back there uh, that, yeah. that we can dig out over the, over, over the next few weeks uh, when when England become world champions. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm that. Of course, um, yeah. That belief. Um, as far as we actually winning the World Cup is concerned, the outright odds for the World Cup with Bet Bright right now, France are still the favourites at 2-1. to one. England at 5-2. to two. Then Belgium at eleven to four and Croatia at nine to two. Um, I say we still got a little bit more time to talk about. Uh, just quickly on the England game, kit colours confirmed. England going to be wearing all white. Yeah, all white. That's a. I say it's not. It's Clean not, crisp, isn't it? It's not different, but wearing all all white reminds me of um, the World Cup in Brazil where yeah. we were out in the groups because we had an all white kit then. Mm. So I'm, you know, I, I kind of kind of slightly slightly bad memories, but um, I like the red kit. Why, why didn't they let us wear red? Yeah, it's annoying. Maybe we're red in the final, isn't it? Yeah, maybe that's saving it for that special yeah. occasion. Probably well, not, actually. Would we wear red? Is it? <laughs> blue, blue, and red is uh, Belgium and France home kits. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, you're going to be disappointed then. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. well. <laughs> it's the last of red we've seen. Yeah. Oh, oh dear. Um, so just before we um, move on as well onto a couple of the little stories, um, would you like to see any changes to the team uh, go, going into the, the semi-final? Because obviously. He's named the same eleven now for the Croatia game and the um, the Sweden game, but obviously there's still been a few question marks over, I say, a couple of performances. For, for me, not not rightly, but you people on social media talk, uh, like Jesse Lingard, Raheem Sterling. Mm. People want to see Ruben Loftus cheek in there. Would would either of you make any alterations going into the semi final? I I would personally like to see Danny Rose given an opportunity on the left, but. I don't think the time is now. I think uh, he, he hasn't shown enough and Ashley Young has done adequately in that role. That said, uh, Loftus-Cheek maybe would have been close to sort of claiming that Deli Alley role were it not for his uh, sort of goal-scoring goal performance in the in the last game. So I think it more or less it has to stay the same. It's, it's got us this far. I, I don't see why Southgate will change it now. So therefore, I'm not going to implore him to to make any changes. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's a case of if it's not broken, don't fix mm-hmm. it. And I think, um, obviously, you know, this is a different. This is going to be a different game for England. It's um, in some ways, it's the first time we're we're really playing a team. Obviously, you know, maybe Belgium aside, but we're playing a team that are going to play a different a different style of football against us. You know, Croatia play very possession based football, um, and you know, we've struggled to carve chances out. I think that's probably why we've scored so many goals from set pieces. Struggle to carve out chances against um, quite compact defences. And, you know, and maybe, um, as you say, the, the likes of Lingard and Sterling getting getting uh, criticism. Um, they're quick players. Croatia's, you know, two centre-backs aren't that quick. Uh, they, they are going to, you know, leave spaces behind the midfield because they do like to come forward with the ball. So, you know, maybe this is this is a chance for those types of players to sort of, you know, really turn it on. They've, as I say, they've been sort of stamped out against 
you know more compact teams maybe this is a chance for for Lingard Sterling to get a bit more time on the ball a bit more space in, in behind and um you know it could be could be a game changer for them so could be a bit of a game of dare between Southgate and Dalic I think uh Croatia showed they've got two best 11s almost mm. the 11 when they respect you and the, the 11 when they don't respect you against Russia they didn't seem to respect them so they they removed Brozovic and they they only play the two in there and Rakitic and Modric if they play that against England it gives Lingard and uh, Sterling a bit more room that said it exposes uh, Henderson a little bit more against two world-class centre midfielders so mm. I'm, I'm interested to see which one of them blinks first I mean do you not change it because it's gone so well so far for Southgate and then potentially risk being overrun for maybe a decisive first half hour, first 45 minutes before you're able to change it? Or do you sort of disrupt the momentum and the flow of that team, insert Fabian Delph or maybe Eric Dyer, and risk sort of, I don't know, a lack of flow in, in our own midfield game when yeah. Sterling can trigger sort of free-flowing spells? We just need a bit more penetration in that final third. Sure, I mean it's interesting you say that. I mean, how would you would you you know sacrifice a player to maybe man Mark Modric out of the game or something like that, or at least attempt to? Would you, was that would that be something you would? Well, I think like Modric arguably hasn't been playing his best position. Um, he sort of like floated between a deeper role and a, a more advanced role. He obviously wears number ten and he enjoys the uh, the freedom to get forward. I think uh, if he is operating slightly deeper, then in terms of man marking, mm. why not give um, Raheem Sterling like a little bit of a sort of a, an advanced man marking role? He's got the uh, agility and the, yeah. um, the dynamism to sort of really buzz around Modric, make sure that he's not he, he's not got all the time in the world. I mean, that said, like Sterling, like, nobody is able to stop Modric fully sort of taking over games. No, so I mean, no, he, he's the best creative player I think left in a competition. Really, exactly. you know, he's he's the kind of player you can't just close down. You can't just you know, high press and and go for him. He's he's his thought and his, his thought yeah. process is so quick that he can, he can pick a pass before the ball's even got to him. So yeah. um, it would almost be daft to yeah make specific plans for him because he's so good that and we've done that in the past with the likes of Pirlo and it's not it's not worked. I don't I don't, I don't really see mm. how nullifying him is going to be the the key to victory. I think victory is going to lie in a, in another another area of the, of the yeah. pitch. No, I I I just want to see England not change anything personally mm. I, I think they've, they've gone in with a get solid game plan in every game so far that hasn't really actually involved the, the the opposing team it's been about just make sure England play well and do if England do their things well I think they beat Croatia because I think they're a better team on paper sure even with the individual talent so yeah. I mean that's that's how I see it the thing is it's not there's not standout changes to make either I think you know um, I don't think anyone's calling to see you know Kane drop for Rashford or whatever but at the same time no one's going to be you know groaning if 75 minutes into the game Rashford's brought on for Sterling or, or something like that you know these are great players to have come off the bench Vardy to come on you know I think everyone loves his cheek to come on you know no one's going to be like, oh god he's coming on Every, everyone's going to be pleased to see that player we, we're confident that these players can make an impact you know they might not want to be impact subs but for, for the job that they're doing for us right now is you know, I think it's great so I don't think they need to you don't need to make wholesale changes to the starting 11 I think these players work better as coming off the bench no, absolutely um, guys, thank you very much. I say we're out of time uh, on, on on this podcast. I really appreciate you coming on. As ever, there will be loads more build up to the England Sweden game on tomorrow's uh, World Cup podcast and the day after that because we're, they say it's a World Cup daily podcast. So we we're here every <laughs> single day. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is how it works. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Um, 
oh, I'm, I'm, I'm barely going to be able to sleep. That's oh, a good point. Anyway, I can't think about it. But anyway, yeah, we will be back um, tomorrow with uh, another podcast. And uh, listen, if you don't subscribe to us already, you can do so on A2, uh, iTunes, Acast, iTunes, and Spotify. Get that one right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and we will be back tomorrow on the Mirror Football Podcast in association with BetBright. Hi, it's Finn Dwyer from the Irish History Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. While you're staying at home, I would recommend another great show that's worth checking out. It's Unexplained by Richard McLean Smith. It's a beautifully produced and gripping show that looks at unusual and sometimes unnerving occurrences from the past and present. It's perfect escapism. Check out Unexplained on the Acast app or wherever you get podcasts.